0: Listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 It took overtime, but it was the New Orleans Saints a 30 to 27 win over the L.A. Chargers. New Orleans now three and two on the season. All
1: right, let's see if we can lay some facts out here. Takeaways: Number one, and I want to get your opinion on this, Jonas. Herbert has far exceeded expectations. This is a guy who. The smart guys, I'm going to put that in quotes, the smart guys thought, oh, it's a reach. Oh, he's got the characteristics, but not the gameplay. And that never seems to work. He's a project. You don't take projects in the top 10. I would make the case, is he maybe? Let's put Lamar Jackson in his own category. I right? Understanding that. You know, his rookie year he didn't play till the midpoint. He didn't play all that great in his rookie year, and then he had an amazing second year, an a shockingly good second year, but not a prototypical quarterback. Other than that, name me the quarterback who's had a more impressive start. What was the last quarterback you'd say after four or five games? I'd rather, or four games, I'd rather have him over Herbert.
0: Oh, geez. Um, I guess it just starts Patrick Mahomes because he didn't start until his second year. Yeah, so um, you could
1: say no to that.
0: Um, I would say, man, that's tough. I'm trying to go back to the Carson Wentz year. He got off to a hot See, start. I but think I don't that's know fair. But good. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, we're talking multiple, you know. Yeah, it's three, been a while. four years.
0: Yeah, it's been a while.
1: And wouldn't you say that? in the media world, that the skepticism, that the, the Chargers reached. They needed a quarterback. He was the only viable one. They would have wanted two or so much. I mean, that was the the, the chatter.
0: Yeah, and also the fact that he was in Oregon, and I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about this now, to where it, clearly the offense that he was running at Oregon didn't showcase all of his skill set because when he got to the Senior Bowl – all of a sudden, you had these scouts saying, whoa, we didn't know that this that this was part of his repertoire. We didn't know that he could do certain things like this. We knew he had the arm talent, but we didn't know he had the ability to do this. And so when you see him get out of that Oregon offense, go to the senior bowl... During those practices, I believe he was the Senior Bowl MVP as well, too. And then he gets to the NFL on short notice, not even knowing that he's going to start. And he goes, he goes head-to-head with Patrick Mahomes in his first-ever start. He goes throw-for-throw throw with Tom Brady on the road uh, last week, and they nearly win that game. And then I would argue he played much better than Drew Brees did last night on the road again on primetime. I think he's been phenomenal.
1: I agree. And you never know. But, boy... You could not have hoped as a Chargers fan or a fan of passing. You could not have hoped for a better start, I don't think, given the givens. Now, I will say, and I agree with you, come draft time, there was talk that, oh, the Dolphins actually won Herbert. And it was like, wow, after all this tank for Tua, you think? And, you know, I don't know how true that was. But, boy, in hindsight, you're talking about some revelations, you know, around the Senior Bowl wouldn't be crazy that, that that was the talk because what we've seen is a player better than a lot of people thought with Herbert and a lot of the, the quote unquote smart guys that always are condescending. Yeah. You know, I was listening to the radio <laughs> and someone made an interesting point. I can't remember who they said. You know, all these smart people talk about when teams should kick field goals, one team should do this, when. It's like, what do they do for a living? Like, how are they just like, kill? because again, (laughs) not that a, not that a bus driver can't have a good opinion, but in general, if you have such a good opinion, you probably have this amazing career yourself. And a lot of these people don't. Right. (laughs) So, and I get it. Part of the kind of payment of being a fan is you get to have your opinion, but that's one thing. But if you're someone with a blue check mark on Twitter or you have a microphone yeah, you're supposed to be better than that, but it's almost like the more opinions you got, the it's. I think people who are not successful in broadcasting, look at a Stephen A. Smith, look at a, uh, you know, other opinion people and say, oh, you just got to be over the top and, and, and say outlandish things. You know, in my opinion, and you're a media guy, more, you know, a career guy, Jonas, it feels like that. A guy like Stephen A. Um, Skip Bayless, they don't get the credit they deserve. About yeah, they have takes that people disagree with, but there's a there's a there's an art to what they do. And, and not saying they don't make mistakes, not saying they don't go overboard, but there's an art to it. I think that a lot of these Twitter people trying to get attention don't understand.
0: Yeah, and they're also unfazed if they get blowback for it. I mean, they don't, you know, like they realize people are going to crush them. They realize they're going to get killed for it, but they know that they're going to come strong with their opinions whether or not they actually deep down to their core believe those opinions the fact of the matter is they present it in a way to where it gets a reaction one way or the, or the other and that's why it's successful when it comes to players and you were talking about you know if if you were so good and knew what to do in those situations you would be out there doing that for a living i've always just looked at it like this the reason that I do radio and sports radio is because I wasn't good enough to be an athlete. So I always respect <laughs> them, and I say, "Look, the, like even a you know a, a fly ball. If you if if I had ten fly balls, I would probably drop eight of them." Just seeing how they're tracked, seeing where they are, um, even like something that seems so nonchalant and and we take it for granted sometimes. I just have a certain level of respect for the people that get to the top of the food chain when it comes to sports and can do it at that high level. So I try not to you know pretend like I know more than they do.
1: Well, welcome to the top of the food chain, in media, <laughs> Jonas. But i i will say, I will say this. I I think. It it takes a real dummy to critique the athleticism of professional athletes. You can compare them to each other and go, oh, he's slow for a tailback, right? But he's fast generally. That I think most people are smart enough not to do that. But something like deciding on when to go for two or when to kick the field goal, it's not objectively obvious that the people making the decisions are so much better than the the people at home. So I don't really feel one. I think it unleashes people to have those opinions, but number two, I actually don't think it's impossible that some of the people at home would have a better opinion. I just think it's pretty unlikely that they'd be unemployed while being that talented. Right. So if if a PhD from NASA told me, hey, I think uh, Anthony Lynn's not making uh, the right call there, I'm going to listen, right? Odds are he's got a good chance of knowing what he's talking about. If it's a guy who can't get a job or he's working for minimum wage, I don't question that at all. My dad, 30-plus years as a coal miner, I appreciate manual labor. I grew up with it. I didn't do a ton of it. I tried to avoid it all I could, but I grew up with it. I think that a good working class person saw the earth but you probably don't know more than the head coach. No. And you know what? Most of those working class people aren't the ones saying they do. They might say I hated that call. They're not saying they think they're right or wrong. They're saying that's my opinion. It's the You know, math people, I'll say in quotes again, because they're not really math people. It's someone that took two statistics classes and then they studied a few things, went to one time, went to the uh, Sloan conference and they think they know math and they really don't. And plus, you can't account for how hard it is to do in the moment. Yeah. One of the most classic things Belichick ever did was not call timeout against Seattle in the Super Bowl when the clock was ticking. And if you look at the NFL Films version of that, he's saying, look, they're discombobulated. You know, I'm paraphrasing. Let's just not call it because he saw the reality on the field. And and so often it's like with Jeopardy. Everyone that is kind of smart watches Jeopardy and gets some of the answers right. And they think I could compete. They don't realize that the people are pressing the button every time on Jeopardy almost, and only the fastest person is even getting a chance to answer the questions. It's so much easier on your couch.
0: Yeah. No circumstances like I've always thought that I was pretty good at Wheel of Fortune, and I <laughs> and I, sw- and I would just I could guess all the answers at home. I could get it. Just it was so easy for me. And then I've thought. Yeah, but if I was there in the moment, uh, hot studio lights beaming down on me, uh, competition with everybody else, a studio audience, a timer counting me down, not in the v- comfort Vanna of my White. own home. Yeah, Vanna White's he's standing over there. Like, I, I would, I would find myself in a much different place mentally than I was sitting at home. Just watching in the comfort of my couch, being able to answer these, not feeling any of those outside pressures. It's a whole different world.
1: That's Jonas Knox. Better than me at Wheel of Fortune. I'm R.J. <laughs> Bell. We're straight out of Vegas.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Alex Smith was called to duty after almost two years away after a devastating leg injury, RJ, on Sunday against the Rams. Kyle Allen goes down with a shoulder injury. Alex Smith comes in. It was great to see him on the field, but the performance was nowhere close to it.
1: No. And first off, with we should have known with Kyle Allen, when you have such small hands, you're frail. <laughs> you know, frail, s- skeletal. <laughs> but all joking aside, in a way we owe it to Alex Smith to be candid about the performance. We can celebrate and I think we should the amazing perseverance. And and I'll be honest with you, I don't get it. I get wanting to come back to your physical health. I totally get that. Um and I so respect the amount of work it takes, you know, with an injury like that and the the surgery after surgery and oh, I mean, it's it's, it's courageous. I mean, that's not too strong a word. Alex Smith, courageous. But when he was on the field, let me ask you as a fan, as a human being, I was scared for him.
0: Yeah, I was too. He got uh, Early on, he got sacked and Aaron Donald was, was on him and they were standing up. And I couldn't help but just watch his leg the entire time and almost... Given a side eye of God, I, I hope the same thing doesn't happen when he got taken down to the ground. It was great to see him, but I was terrified that something was going to happen. And and if you've seen just like he had to go because it was so severe, he had to go to a, a special um, a, a unit in San Antonio that deals with bomb blasts. That's how severe his injury was. It wasn't even just a football injury. He was talking with people who went to war and had limbs blown off and were recovering from that. That's how bad the injury was. And to see him come back, it was it was a little terrifying at first, for sure.
1: And I'm not sure that changes, to be honest. Yeah. Though, obviously, as he takes hits, you're going to feel like, okay, he can take that hit or that. But that's the thing about these types of injuries. There, there's a certain randomness you can't control to them. It's just a certain angle, a certain moment, a certain amount of weight, but it goes to show, if you had any doubt before, you should not have any doubt now. These professional athletes are a different breed. There's something in them that motivates them in a way that doesn't make a ton of sense to a, a typical person. And to me, I admire it. And I, as kind of a compulsive type who you know can get obsessive about achievement myself I kind of feel like I can relate to certain parts of professional athletes not the physical side but the aspirational side I can't relate to this I, I I you know in a way that I'm almost in awe of right I'm in awe of the drive to not it's one thing to work really hard it's another thing to say any moment It could all be taken away, all that work. And he could be worse off than he was after the first injury. And, I mean, who knows? I'm not a dog. I mean, obviously, they've contemplated this stuff. But just as obviously, it's got to be Alex Smith's decision. All that said, on the field, not good. And still, the odds on the comeback player of the year are so noteworthy. So, this was a situation in the second half. They have a concept in football and it's called successful plays or success rate. So that's all based upon if it's third and nine and you get eight yards, is that a success? No, right? But if it's fourth and one, you get one yard, it is a success. So he was 0 for 17 with successful plays in the second half, Alex Smith. Five sacks, four incompletions, or check that five sacks, seven incompletions. One failed scramble, which means not enough yards on the scramble, and four failed completions. His net loss was 24 yards on those plays if you count the sacks as a negative. 0 for 17 successful plays. Now, does that take away that it's amazing he got to the point he could even walk on an NFL field and be halfway competitive? No, it doesn't take away from that at all. But it does take away from Washington as a viable team with him a quarterback, at least with the evidence so far. And it also makes you wonder about the comeback player of the year. Now this is an associated press um, award, but they you can bet on it. And right now Alex Smith is a minus three thirty favorite. Wow. The second favorite is over four to one Big Ben and Cam Newton tied it over four to one. So think about what Cam's done. Yeah. Think about Big Ben. They're both a hundred wins you four hundred <laughs> plus. And here a hundred wins you on Alex Smith about thirty dollars. So thirty dollars for a hundred versus four hundred for a hundred, the difference between Alex Smith and Big Ben and Cam I, Newton.
0: I just I there's gotta be real value with Ben and Cam, just in the sense that They've already declared that if Kyle Allen's healthy to play and it looks like he's going to be good to go, that he's going to be back out there. So I don't know how you would give this award to Alex Smith if he only gets spot duty throughout the course of the year. And those guys are you know, bringing their teams to the postseason.
1: I got to wonder, and we have, a, we have a topic on the show, a segment. It's called taboo, but it's true. So this is taboo what I'm going to say, but is it true? Is this the tanking? Is this saying, hey, we'll give Flipper, Kyle Allen his chance, but he's not, listen, the guy's not, you know, there's a reason he got drafted like in the sixth round. So let's assume he plays a game or two, doesn't do so well. That's a good assumption. And then, hey, Alex Smith, it's his time. Let's give him a chance. Let's see what we got. Isn't that the way to demonize, in a way, make Haskins, in a way, if you're trying to demonize Haskins by saying, we don't want to play him anymore, it was a bad draft choice by the former regime, what do you do? You actually have a horrible player on the field. that's a feel-good story, and Haskins can't even beat him out, which demonizes Haskins, makes him bad, disposable. Alex Smith gets, you know, he's doing, he's trying his best, so you can't blame him, and Washington ends up getting maybe the number one pick.
0: Yeah, I I mean, geez, we've talked about this before. I don't know that that I buy into tanking, but I do think that franchises and front offices maybe don't put their teams in the best position to succeed. And so Jacksonville would be a case. Uh, Washington, uh, you could make that argument as well, too. The Giants and the Jets uh, have been been awful. Um, There feels like there's going to be a real race to the finish to see who's going to get that number one pick and the opportunity to take Trevor Lawrence.
1: And plus... Who's to say? It seems like there's like three good quarterbacks with the what, what is it? North Dakota State quarterback who's not playing.
0: Yes, and and he's he's not playing. He played one game and then opted out. Um, and I'm I, I his name is slipping my mind right now. But him, Justin Fields, yes. and then obviously uh, Trevor Lawrence are the big three. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at six p.m. Eastern, three p.m. Pacific.
1: One thing we'll be talking about here a ton is I'm a skeptic. Of Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's literally when he's played a game in which he's not a double-digit favorite. So let's say if you're not a double-digit favorite, you don't have a dominating, um, you know, edge over the other team. Uh, there's only been three of those games, and his completion percentage is like 50% in those games. I know it's three games, but in theory, it's the three games that were even competitive, you know, that he played. And I'm not saying he's not going to be good. This is more of an extension of the Andrew Luck stuff. The idea that this is the second coming. Like right now, I would take Herbert over Trevor Lawrence right now. Yeah. For the next 10 years. But how many people do you think would agree with that? I'd say very few.
0: Yeah, and I also wonder which which situation – because we've seen – Joe Burrow's played really well, but he's taken a beating. I, I think he's on pace. I saw he's on pace to get sacked like 60-something times this year. And so it goes back to what's the best situation for you? The Chargers have, have weapons, so it feels like that thing is going to work because they do have talent around them. But if you're if you're Trevor Lawrence, which is the best situation of all the teams that are vying for the number one pick – the Jets are a disaster. Jacksonville, we've talked about. I don't know. Washington, outside of McLaurin at wide receiver, they don't really have a, a ton that you can rely on. So it doesn't feel like any of these potential landing spots are going are gonna to turn up and, and be a successful start to his career for Trevor Lawrence just based on what's around
1: him. I mean, other than the rare cases where a Peyton Manning gets hurt and then a good team is really bad, by definition, a top pick is going to go to a bad team right? All you, yeah. can ho- all you can hope for is a good coach and a good organization. And when I say a good organization, I mean owners that keep out of it, effectively, right? The, the Roonies and the Steelers, that's a good organization. Why? Because the Roonies don't get involved. They pick their guys and let them do their thing. And to me, that makes the Jets especially problematic, it seems like, and potentially other teams problematic. I look at Miami. Now, they obviously have Tua, and you're hearing a lot of talk now about, uh-oh, Dolphins better have been right about... It's like, why? They took a pick. So they, they, Tua could be good, and Herbert could be great, or yeah. vice versa. But why are the Dolphins like under any more pressure for that pick to be right than any other pick?
0: Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people may look at it as law of averages. Not every one of them is going to work out, but you, know, you can go back to some years to where... If you go back to 2017, you had Mahomes, Watson, and Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky hasn't worked out like those guys, but they made the playoffs. They won some games there. I also think the team that's interesting to watch for a potential Trevor Lawrence spot is Atlanta. Because Atlanta's winless, and if they were to end up picking number one... With seeing how Matt Ryan has regressed, and just it, it, that's a that's a conversation that's got to be had. That if, oh, if you have an opportunity, you got to take not a conver- It's not a
1: conversation. I Jones. don't know. I mean, I just what, bait- I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is it's a pick.
0: That's uh, I would too.
1: Peyton I Manning too. went to two Super Bowls after they jettisoned him from the Colts. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if you got an all, if you think you got a, a 15 year type quarterback and your quarterback's in his mid 30s or older forget about it it's an automatic i think and, and if that quarterback has any value it, that someone would trade for him
0: and i just wonder and i would need to look up the contracts and see how what the opt-outs are so i don't even know if this is possible but who would you rather have right now running that 49er offense matt ryan or jimmy garoppolo Matt Ryan's best year of his uh. career was with Kyle Shanahan. They've got a great relationship. Um, he, he did amazing things there. I just wonder if Atlanta's picking high enough and they've got an opportunity to take a young quarterback, do you just flip this whole thing over? You've still got Julio Jones. You've got weapons that you can throw to like Ridley there. And then maybe Matt Ryan pursues something else, and who knows, that could be San Francisco to reunite with Kyle Shanahan.
1: Though I will say this the close, is the idea when you start a narrative – and the narrative was Jimmy G's no good. Look, Shanahan doesn't trust him. And that was a narrative that started last um, playoffs is when you see affirming evidence. Oh, look, that's positive to my argument, <laughs> like the performance with <laughs> yep. Jimmy. And then you see uh, negative or, or, you know, let's say dispositive evidence. Yeah. And it's like you ignore it. And Jimmy G was hardly he couldn't play last week. And he finally he limped onto the field. Now is that him? If that's him, he's worse than anything we've seen. I just wonder: is that the aberration? Is that the fluke because he was hurt? And I'm not saying Jimmy G is a top ten quarterback, but I think most people think he's a top, you know, sixteen quarterback.
0: Yeah, I like him. I I, th- I think he I think he gets. I, I think he, I don't think he gets a fair shake just based on the fact well, that yeah, people
1: because of people like you. Well, no, but but night, I'm, no, I'm joking. But, <laughs>
0: but but I also think people hold it against him that he got his contract and he got his money, and some people thought it was too soon, ah. and so because of that, the conversation around Jimmy Garoppolo is always go. You know, why would they pay him all that money? He hasn't. And I mean, he's won a lot of games. They've been pretty successful when he started. They've been a much better team when he started. I just you know I wonder if Kyle Shanahan has the opportunity to land a Matt Ryan if he goes in that direction because yeah. they did they did look into Tom Brady yep. this offseason. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live.